Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Waking up with a bright and healthy smile ready to kiss the day is not just desirable on a cosmetic level, it is actually fundamental to our all-over health and well-being. Our teeth are literally alive, and the health of our oral microbiome has a profound influence on our gut health, our mental health, and immune system. And we can take charge of our oral health. On today's show, I speak with Nadine Artemis. She is a leading voice in successful self-dentistry practice and has profound knowledge about rejuvenating teeth and gums holistically. Nadine is the author of Holistic Dental Care, a complete guide to healthy teeth and gums. She's also the founder of Living Libations, the renegade beauty company that provides unique organic products for inside-out beauty, health, and wellness. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Nadine, it is so great to have you back on the show again. I so much enjoyed our first conversation about your approach to holistic health, and I'm so excited to do a deep dive with you today on oral health. Welcome back to the Superhumanized podcast. Thank you so much, and I'm so happy to be back here conversating. I wanted to talk about something that has stuck with me ever since I was a little girl. When I lived in India, my family moved there when I was four years old, and uh, something that's really a beautiful memory has been, I remember how the Indian people who worked with my parents, they would chew on clove buds after a meal. So this is actually a practice I learned as a child. And over the course of the years, my own dive into holistic health and well-being, I've learned that essential oils and plant essences have been used for thousands of years for oral health. And I know that's also something you place a very strong emphasis on. And I'd love for you to talk to our audience about the role of essential oils in oral care. Yeah, I love that story that you had with the clove, because that's what's so neat. The current research on the microbiome and then working with the plants in the way that we do, because I created some dental serums oh, so long ago now, <laughs> like over 20 years ago. And now that we have this new research on the microbiome, it's not that new in the past decade or so. And so now we're understanding why these beautiful plants like clove, cinnamon, neem, tea tree, frankincense, rose were chewed on, used in various ways for oral care for thousands of years, for hundreds of years in our human history. And so now we have the modern research as scientists and researchers are really studying the microbiome. 
And now we have like modern day science uh, showing us why these beautiful plants have been effective and used in oral care for hundreds of years. I like to think of these plants, especially the ones we've been using in oral care, like botanical biotics, because the, the genius of these beautiful plants is that there's this sort of selective intelligence that they have when they work with our body. So now we know that things like clove are a quorum sensing inhibitor, QSI for short. And what that means is that these plants, these substances, are able to inhibit the quorum sensing of pathogens. And that means that they're able to, like cloves, able to downregulate the expression of genes in a pathogen. Oils wow. like, yeah, so clove, cinnamon, frankincense, all those beautiful ones and more are able to tidy up the pathogenic bacteria while working with the friendly bacteria. So eradicating the bad, but not eradicating the good, which is a very good discernment and distinction that we need in our substances right now, because something like an antibiotic is this indiscriminate assassin. And it, it just takes out all of the, the good and the bad. And so now, now in these decades, we know we need our microbiome. We know that we are, our whole system operates with billions of the bacteria that are essential to all of our systems, endocrine system, digestive system, immune system, and that our modern medicants for oral care are mutating the mouse microbiome. So that triclosan, the sodium oral sulfate that's creating bleeding gums, and all that, just that whole slew of ingredients. Right. Not, they're not really serving our mouths. They're messing with that delicate microbiome. And from there, it just is like a waterfall effect on the rest of our bodily systems. And we're basically with these antibiotics, we're throwing atomic bombs into ecosystems, basically, that we then devastate. I love what you just said about, I think you used the word selective intelligence <laughs> of plants. And if I understood correctly, they work epigenetically genetically on down-regulating, basically switching on or off some of the genes in the pathogens. And they prevent them from gaining traction and gaining in a group, gaining up in a gang, in a group of numbers, building up their traction. And then that leads to the formation of biofilms and that kind of thing. These essential oils that we've been mentioning, or these plants, but essential oil is a more concentrated form of it. They're able to bust through some biofilms and stuff where antibiotics can't. So they're a real solution for our oral care at this time. And then the other thing that's really interesting when we look about the bacterial harmony in our bodies is that if we look at something like strep, which is a bacteria that causes cavities and really is found in everybody's mouths. However, how does it get out of balance for some? How is it causing cavities for some and not others? And what researchers uh, believe now is that what happens is that strep, for example, is missing when it gets out of control. It's missing some of its ancestral bacterial buddies that would keep the balance in check. Wow. That is fascinating stuff. So meaning a potential cure for strep could be aside from being preventative, of course, and making sure that you have a healthy oral microbiome, but another cure could be to actually adding those back if somebody's lacking them because they have destroyed their microbiome. 
Yeah. And on one level, I don't think we necessarily know specifically at this point, maybe what to add back, but we can still generalize. And I like to think we want to think of our bodies like these sort of bacterial bank accounts, and we want to keep first range of investments. And really, in regards to our mouths, if a mouth of bustling bacteria is actually what will keep the dentist away. And we need a bustling, we need a bustling sort of microbiome, because there's it's all over our bodies. It's obviously, hopefully we've heard of the gut microbiome, the skin's a huge area, there's the oral microbiome, vaginal microbiome, there's like ear, nose, throat microbiome. And wherever, whatever, however, we're tending to the microbiome and and one area will affect the whole thing. And of course, the mouth is inextricably bound to the gut microbiome. And yeah, it's our first line of defense. What's going in the mouth is affecting the body on a daily basis. So we want to have harmony and homeostasis in the oral environment because it really does affect the rest of the body. Absolutely. And like you just said, there is a really strong connection between the mouth microbiome and our gut microbiome. And of course, we also know that the gut microbiome is very strongly tied to our mental health. Mm -hmm. A lot of the chronic mental health conditions can now be linked back uh, to an overall unhealthy gut microbiome and also an unhealthy microbiome in your mouth. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk about spit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because saliva is a a substance that is when it's healthy it's full of specific enzymes and minerals that'll keep your teeth and the whole mouth healthy and it's also our body's way to keeping the ph of our mouth stable and a lot of people don't realize is that it's really vital to have healthy saliva and in order to make sure that our saliva is healthy there are certain things we can do for example with regards to nutrition i know you've also talked about that can you enlighten us with that regard, Nadine. Yeah, so we do the saliva in the mouth is like a little sea, like a little ocean. And we want it to be alkaline, just like ocean water is salty and alkaline. And so obviously the deeper solution to alkaline saliva is with diet. And, and so that's key, but there's also things that you can do to quickly alkalinize the mouth, which is really good for a lot of people, especially if you have to turn your mouth around. And, you know, the, the teeth are alive. The mouth is connected to the rest of the body, which is, I don't, I feel grow, growing up, it, I felt like it seemed like it wasn't connected and that teeth were like little stones. And once they were formed, that was it. So know that the mouth is responsive. It's alive and it's going to respond uh, to topical as well as internal with food and diet. So that's key to know as well. And But if you need quick alkalinizing, you can do rinses with magnesium, baking soda, sea salt. You can combine all three. You can do one or the other. And so those are really good things that can really come quickly balance the mouth after a meal or a way to prep the mouth before you're brushing. And it's great for kids too, because they're really not brushing the dexterity needed to really brush properly doesn't come till later. That's a wonderful tip and uh, easy to implement tools for every one of us. I also love 
your emphasis on teeth being alive. And I've actually also heard you speak about how our teeth actually sweat and you've compared <laughs> them to trees. I, I love that analogy. Can you explain that to us here, please? Yeah, it's, well, it's like a sweat. So in and breathing. So te- like every part of the body like has a respiration system. We want to allow that breathability. So with teeth, they really, so I always like when I go into understanding the body, I'm really always coming from the place of what's the least amount that I can do. Cause I like to be low maintenance in those areas. I mean, I'm very discerning, but I like low maintenance. When I was asking that question about teeth and obviously we weren't born with a toothbrush in our hands. So what is the body's design that takes care of the teeth? Let's understand that first, before we throw in the toothbrushes, mouthwash and all that kind of stuff. And so what I came to understand through the work of brilliant dentists is that, yeah, the teeth are like trees and the root system draws up. So actually, well, I'll start further back when we chew the substrates of the food that we're chewing activate the parotid gland, which activates the hypothalamus, which is the grand master switch. I feel like most things in the body are, are communicating with the hypothalamus at some point. And so the hypothalamus sends out the messaging and those substrates, the nutrients obviously are turned into nutritive blood. Then that blood flows up to the teeth where those teeth roots act like tree roots, drawing up the blood up in into the tooth. It's an upward centrifugal action. And then what's so cool that I learned is that the teeth have a lymphatic system. There is a dentineal lymphatic transport system that is key to keeping our teeth clean and healthy from the inside. And so as the blood is drawn up into the tooth, into the pulp chamber, it goes, it's fenestrated and goes through a process where it, the blood becomes a clear lymphatic lift liquid. And then the odontoblasts have a pump-like action and they push this fluid out onto the surface of the teeth where it acts like microscopic sweat that coalesces with the saliva to help and repair and go to the areas of the mouth where it needs to go. So that's the perfect design of our bodies. Now, when we have times of stress or hormonal stress, like teen time or pregnancy, or if we're eating a a diet lacking in minerals and high in sugar, like a kind of classic processed diet, what happens to this system is that it stagnates. So that fluid's not really moving up and out onto the teeth. It's just stagnant. If the situation gets worse or is like prolonged, then what happens is the system goes from stagnant to reverse. So that flow that's upwards and inwards into the tooth literally reverses where the tooth then becomes like a straw and then it sucks in from the mouth, bacteria, virus, into the tooth. And that's actually the genesis of how a cavity is formed. Oh, wow. So cavities are actually a symptom of a a systemic problem within Mm -hmm. the body. Mm -hmm. Like it's not getting the nutrients that would activate the system or this system is so stressed, it's preventing the new, or maybe there's a gut absorption issue or so many things, but basically we need to be sure that the nutrients like 
uh, vitamin K2, D3, calcium, magnesium, phosphorus. Those are some key minerals for the teeth. And then why we need those fat soluble vitamins, we need the D3, the K2 is because those vitamins usher the minerals into the bones so that the calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, UTC are going into the bone and not just staying fluid in the blood. Cells. So I think this is really for myself, completely new information. I think it's key information, especially for also parents or adults, parents with kids who are dealing with cavities or adults who are dealing with them. So not to just look at the symptom, but maybe do a little bit of a deeper dive and prevent a much bigger health problem that is may possibly be the underlying cause. Because mm-hmm, um, the cavity is just really a sign. It's just, it's just, and depending on what stage the cavity is at, when you correct these things, the cavity will can cease and reverse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just mentioned the um, fat soluble vitamins, D3, K2, and A. Mm-hmm. I also um, learned that these can lead to wider teeth what most people want are white teeth. Yeah. Now, I personally drink a lot of teas and I love my coffee. <laughs> I do not use any of the conventional teeth whiteners. I haven't done so many years. I find uh, uh, charcoal toothpaste super effective and keeping my teeth stain free. I actually, one of my favorites is your frankincense and charcoal toothpaste, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, <laughs> it's so effective and tastes good. But where does the whiteness of our teeth really come from outside stains disregarding those the white whiteness of teeth is really it's an inside job so whiteness comes from within the enamel is actually transparent like glass mm-hmm. so if you've ever seen like gray glassy teeth that's because there's no nutrients going into that pulp chamber so wow. you want to keep that pulp chamber like in my head i think of it as just like juicy and fat and filled with nutrients and that's going to be reflected through now to take care of the enamel or that surface stuff. Also, you could have really great white teeth underneath some old plaque or tartar that is getting just stained from high pigmented foods. You know what I mean? So sometimes if you haven't been to the dentist in a while, there could be layers. It could be like, you don't even need your teeth bleached. You just needed a really good cleaning. It could just be that because the tartar or the plaque has become discolored from your chaga teas and red wine and spirulina. I've actually found an amazing tool for that. I know you're also a proponent of it, and that's a ionic toothbrush. I've for many years used very fancy electric toothbrushes, and about three years ago, I just I used I like Dr. Tongue's ionic toothbrush, Mm -hmm. and I started using it, and within literally within I think a week or so. I looked at my teeth and I have very pale skin. So it's even harder to make your teeth look really white. Right? <laughs> so, but I looked at myself in the mirror and I, I was wowed. I, my teeth had never looked whiter and especially my mouth felt so clean and fresh and stayed so fresh for so long. And, and I looked also with a mirror behind your teeth where usually these stains can build up from drinking coffee, tea or Carolina drinks, those were all gone. So that was really uh, super. Yeah, and that's because the ionic toothbrush, the ionicness, and even um, just of itself, you don't even have to use like anything on it. Just Mm -hmm. if you just use that toothpaste with water, you're getting about 40% more plaque removal because of the ionic action. 
it's like a magnet almost. Yes. And it's, right? And then when we get rid of the plaque, then yeah, then you're getting rid of that discoloration that isn't really a part of the teeth, but it could just be like tougher to remove. Exactly. I was just blown away how effective it is. I know you actually recommend to have two different toothbrushes, ionic <laughs> and electric. Can you explain why? Yeah, I like that it's just the manual, although I am, so we have a new, we just launched a new toothbrush. I've been working on it for, I feel like a decade. And there's been a lot of advances in electric toothbrushes, I feel like in the past five years, but still not like I wasn't finding the right thing. And this uh, brush is so great at removing plaque and it's EMF free and it's a really good angle. And they also, there's a, um, there's a like a gum sulca brush that's electric too that you can add on. So it has a daytime head and nighttime head and this little like sulca brush. So that's really cool. That's in the electric, but we like both because you want the manual one. Uh, you could even use just like a flat rectangle, don't just like a classic toothbrush. I also like the simple blotting brushes that were done for gum health. And so at that first time, first brushing, when you're using the manual brush, um, and hopefully it could be an ionic brush. Oh yeah, I was about to say though, I am working on putting ionic and electric together. Wow. So I feel like that's going to be really exciting, but we're still going to want that manual moment because you're going, we have to remember too, we're really obsessed with the teeth, but it's the whole mouth and you can have plaque on your cheeks and plaque on your tongue. So you want to take that manual brush and then just right up where the cheek and the gum join, that's where you're starting the brush stroke from. And it's one way. So we've been traditionally trained to do both ways, back and forth, up and down really fast, Yeah. but you're just going to do the one directional stroke and you'll get faster at it and it will hardly feel, but it does take a moment to switch gears. So on the top is gum line down and the bottom teeth are gum line up, but not back and forth. So up, because that's really not cool on the gum line. And one of the most important things for us to take care of in our mouths is that spot where the gum and the teeth join. We've got to keep healthy gum lines. Our gums need to be like turtlenecks around each tooth. We don't want to get into a cowl neck v-neck situation because as the enamel, as the gum line recedes and the enamel is exposed, that enamel is a different quality and it's very susceptible to cavities. And those are gum line cavities that you may have heard of or experienced. So mm. if you've ever been to the dentist and they're like, oh, your gum pockets are like five, six, seven, eight, nine, you want to raise those gum lines back up. And we have a lot of steps to take care of it and tips and protocols. So yeah, so back to, so the reason why we're doing two brushing is that first brush is really working with the health of the gums. And then maybe hopefully you're even using one of our dental serums on there or something that's going to stimulate blood flow in the tissue. Um, our gum serums have other vulnerary, so they speed up healing and the gum tissue, because it is, it's only, it's like called epithelium, the type of skin tissue it is. So it's only like one self. So in other words, it's very thin, but that also, so it can, you can nick your gums or have bleeding gums quite easily if the gums aren't in prime condition and they're a bit spongy. However, they can also turn around so fast because they are that they're not that thick. And so healing can be fast. And then with the electric, that's when you're really like polishing the bones, the teeth part of it. And uh, just the two different tools make a lot of sense when you get into it. Yes, I certainly do. And I think something that's also really important to talk about is 
how to properly take care of and store your toothbrushes because <laughs> <laughs> you can have the best toothbrush in the world if you don't really take care of it maintain it you may actually do more harm than good can you run us through the do's and don'ts of toothbrush care and storage Yes. On one level, when you really go into it, I don't even think we want to store our toothbrushes in the bathroom because studies show that things from the toilet seem to be in many places. But aside from that, I, I keep my toothbrush in the bathroom, but you actually don't, you want to keep them a little bit. You don't want to keep all the family toothbrushes together in one cup because yeah. the bacteria will jump, yeah. which is so gross to think about. Yes. <laughs> um. And hopefully maybe you've got some sunlight in the bathroom, have your, put a thing on the wall that can hold the toothbrushes, like where it's getting direct sunlight. So it's like getting dry every night. And then another thing you can do, you could also just store it upside down in a little cup of diluted hydrogen peroxide every night. And then if every family member had it, just put it in that cup in their own cup, of course the bacteria wouldn't be flying around. So that's another option as well. Also your toothbrush six months from now, should look the same. All the bristles should be standing up like they were when you bought it. If they have changed, you're using too much pressure, which can also lead to receding gums. Yes. And I think a lot of us are guilty of that. I certainly have done it myself. And yeah, you just think the more pressure you apply, the cleaner your teeth get. Yeah. Not so. Not, and really everybody should use a soft head. Everybody even a 200 pound fireman, soft headed toothbrush. <laughs> yes. And especially when you use something like an ionic toothbrush, which we just discussed, you actually need hardly any pressure at all because that ionic action will take care of attracting all the stuff that you don't want on your teeth and in your mouth. Yeah. And so toothbrushes are one thing. Then of course, toothpastes. Something else that's really important, and a lot of the conventional toothpastes just have really horrible things in it. And if you read the packaging, if you actually read what it says on a conventional toothpaste, you'll actually be surprised to find something like the amount recommended amount for brushing is the size of a pea. And in case you swallow that or more, they actually recommend for you to go uh, seek out an emergency room, which, yeah, is food for thought. Let's start with fluoride. And a lot of people who are not that deep into holistic health would be asking, okay, why is that so bad? Is it really so bad? Yeah, I actually, I have a chapter called, or I think probably even an article too, called that maybe harmful if, if swallowed. Mm -hmm. Because it is insane that, that we're brushing our teeth with something that if we ate the whole tube, we'd have to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's maybe we want to look at that. I definitely want toothpaste that I could eat the whole jar and I would be fine. Yeah. And there's a myriad of different ingredients, including of course, fluoride. We actually have a new toothpaste coming out like this week, finally at last. And it has a mineral in it called nanohydroxyapatite. Uh-huh. And that's a mineral that has was studied, I believe it was about 40 years ago, for safety and effectiveness in astronauts going to outer space because they lose bone density. And it shows that it like it increased the bone density, it helped with the whole because our teeth are made out of, I can't remember the stat, but something staggering like 80 to 90% of that mineral. 
So now when you brush with it, it shows that studies show that it helps with fissures. It helps to just the surface of the tooth evening out. And many dentists find it more effective than... What is that toothpaste called? What's the name you've given it? It's called triple mint and it's got the nano hydroxy appetite and you can use it on, of course, ourselves and pets. I want to make one that we could use on pets and babies and everybody. So it's really awesome. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. I'm, I'm a huge fan of your tooth. I'm a huge fan of your everything, but I'm a huge <laughs> fan of your toothpaste too. I can't wait. And then I have, I, I thought I would just read, I'm glad I have my book here. I would read you the part on fluoride. Please. Okay. It's called fluoride's effect on bones and skin. If you suffer from cavities, then fluoride toothpaste and treatments might be right for you. Possible side effects may include bleeding gums, skeletal fluorosis, sclerosis, dementia diagnosis, pitted and crumbled teeth, impaired myelin sheath, acne, arthritis, gingivitis, bone crippling disease, joint pain in your knees, thyroid disease, hip fractures, hyperactivity, damaged sperm motility, increased infertility, (laughs) disrupted collagen synthesis, gastritis, suppressed immune system, impaired glucose metabolism, skin rashes, damaged bone formation, cell mutation, nausea, tooth discoloration, frequent urination, poisoning, DNA alteration, and reduced IQ. Go ahead and ask your dentist if fluoride is right for you. (laughs) Now, each of those symptoms that I read out is like site in my book. There's a site, a footnote by each of them because they're all from various studies. I didn't just make up words that rhyme together. That's that should really give pause. And so many things we just learn from childhood that they should be part of our lives, but we never question, first of all, why? And second of all, are they even good? And this is one of these things we're taught. It is one of those things. And I feel like that from what I understand, the main thing with the, with fluoride is on a biological level, it seems to make tissue stiff and bones soft because it disrupts a main enzymatic system. Mm. Yeah. And the one thing, of course, is fluoride in toothpaste. The other is many of our, you know, tap water supply is also uh, fluoride is added to it. So it's, it's really something to keep in mind. And one of those things you definitely want to keep out of your body under all circumstances, whether it's toothpaste or whether it's tap water. I don't drink tap water in the US and Europe. I only drink tap water Uh, When I can determine exactly where it's coming from, they have very uh, stringent laws and also websites where you can look up exactly what is in a community's tap water. And it's something that's so ubiquitous and that's such a big part of many people's lives. And you, you don't even think about it twice. You just think that whatever you get out of the tap is okay for you when in fact it's not or whatever you put on your toothbrush whatever you squeeze out of the out of the tub is good for you is not it's not so really look at what you're putting in your box yeah and a lot of the we grew up i just grew up obviously you become a well as you go into teen and young woman you more products come your way and just seeing all the ingredients on backs of labels we were all just used to words that we couldn't pronounce and didn't really know what they were And uh, that's what we got. We just grew up and you think, okay, that's the way. And that's what we've got to undo a bit and really see how we can actually take care of our teeth for success 
and having a health span with healthy teeth. And it's not just those quick fixes or those band-aids at the dental office. We want to make sure that we've got like the deep nutrition and the the nutrients that literally make our teeth. And what you just said is also so true. The labels with all these super complicated words uh, that we don't understand. And often people would think, oh, that's because very smart people came up with this product. No, yeah. actually been done. So we are kept. But it, it just removes, it's a totally different situation now. I feel like if you obviously can find what you need to find. And But growing up, I feel it was like the care of our bodies was left to the quote unquote, the pros, the professionals, and even the ingredient, there was no thought that you could open your pantry, at least when I was growing up, or like even open an avocado and smash it on your face or honey. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was growing up, it seemed like it was all out of our, our realm. It's like these chemicals and these professionals. And it's we got to just bring it back into the day to day. And so that when we do make a, a, our journey to the dentist, we've got a good partnership in our health. We're working with informed consent on every level and together we're taking care of our bodies. Right. Where it's a partnership that's eye level. And that's something I want to talk about in a moment as well. Some uh, thing that I really love and that's been a great resource to me with regards for looking up chemicals or just uh, compound names I don't understand is the website of the Environmental Working Group, the EWG. I'll put it in the show notes and you can look up any type of product or any kind of compound chemical and they'll tell you exactly what it is potentially linked to, whether it's uh, toxic, non-toxic, somewhere in the middle. And then you can make your own informed decision whether it's something you want to expose yourself to regular. We've talked about conventional toothpaste. I'd also like to call, talk about the natural toothpaste. And your advice is to always avoid glycerin in natural toothpaste. Why is that, Nadine? Yeah, glycerin seems a friendly ingredient. And on one level, it, it's simple and it is. But I find in body care, it there's some issues, even in skincare. And especially as a lubricant, what it does on a cellular level is it actually, the cells to balance out, they like, it's called osmolarity. And so you get the loss of water inside the cell. Hey, <laughs> you get the loss of the water inside the cell. So really it's creating long-term dryness. And it's not the thing that the cells want. And in the mouth, it it blocks that respiration cycle of the teeth. And which just means, obviously, there's not lungs in the teeth. It's not breathing, but there's just your pores breathe. And your teeth need to breathe. And the glycerin creates a coating that doesn't allow the teeth to breathe and doesn't allow the saliva to get in or those microscopic lymphatic fluid to get out because it creates this really fine microscopic layer that does not leave the teeth even even after you've rinsed the teeth. Ah, that is Yeah, good. so it blocks yeah. yeah, the biology of the tooth. Ah, that's an important nugget of information. Thank you for that, Nadine. And something else that a lot of us use regularly is a mouthwash and There's a lot of evidence now that conventional mouthwash can cause all kinds of problems and even serious diseases. What is, what are your thoughts with regards to mouthwash? Yeah, you can Google the stat. It's something like 30 normal mouth, like commercial mouthwash creates over 37,000 cases of oral cancer a year. Mm. And now that we understand more about the mouth's microbiome, my thought is, 
a part of that could be because it really is, again, it's just wiping everything out. It's just, let's kill it all. And the synthetic alcohol, it's, it's messing with the microbiome. And, and yeah, just, there's so many things you can rinse your mouth with. You know what I mean? That's just like going to be phenomenal. You can work with just, I recommend a little mason jar in the bathroom, little, some shot glasses for family members. And then you can just make either a salt brine. You could add baking soda to the water. You could add a drop of peppermint or some of the drop from one of our dental serums. And then you'll, you've got a really beautiful alkalinizing mouth rinse that also is harmonized with the mouse microbiome. Oil, oil pulling is also an awesome thing. Cause remember too, we talked about, you've got plaque on your cheeks and your gum. It's not Mm -hmm. just about the teeth. So that kind of a mouthwash is awesome. And so are things like oil pulling, which is like an oil mouthwash instead of water. And you swish for longer, try and do 10, 15 minutes. You can just use olive oil or coconut oil. I have recipes where you can upgrade that. You can add probiotics, activated charcoal to that. You could add, uh, peppermint, a drop of oregano. It's just so many things. And then you swish that. And my goodness, when people really dedicate themselves to doing it for about a month, the whiteness and the glow of the teeth, the gum repair, it's really awesome. I highly recommend it too. It's a practice I, I've had incorporated in my life on and off. I need to pick it up again. I know it makes such a difference. And uh, yeah, this talk with you today will inspire me to pick it up (laughs) evening again. You talked about the corporation, somebody with a dentist. And there's such a thing called a biological dentist. Can you let us know some more details about that and what the difference is to conventional dentist? Yeah, there's a few things like there's the, your, just your dentist, there's holistic dentists, there's yeah, these biological or minimally invasive dentists. And I feel like that's the leading edge, even more than somebody that's saying a holistic doctor. It's almost like how, fun, how we have functional medicine doctors now. Mm-hmm. And, and I have on the website and in the book, an article about questions to ask a potential dentist. And that's really good because you re- we also have resources and stuff and you can email us. Sometimes we know of a dentist in a certain area, but we also have organizations that you can email and find out and, and see if there's a biological dentist in your area. Because really, it's a, you really want a dentist that's current, that's passionate, that really gets it. You don't want to be going to a place where, oh, sure, we'll remove your mercury. Next week, they're putting mercury in somebody else's mouth. Mm. And truly the best of the biological dentists will not do root canals either. Yes. These are actually two really interesting topics. You brought it up mercury fillings. Uh, A lot of people are unfortunately still dealing with those. I'd like to talk about, first of all, how they affect us and what they can cause. And then another really important thing is for people who want to get them removed, don't just go to any regular dentist and have them yank out because there's a whole host of negative effects that can come from that. So in your experience, what you've learned, what can mercury fillings cause? What actually happens in our bodies when we have these mercury fillings and carry them around with us for many years, use them every day to chew with, and they're just there sitting in our mouths. Yeah, so mercury fillings, also known as uh, silver amalgam fillings, basically the silver. If you see a silver filling, that's a mercury filling. It's not just mercury. It's made up of silver and nickel and mercury, and it changes every few decades. 
And oh, yeah, it's so crazy that mercury is, is implanted in our heads that close to our brains, as it does seem that it can, I'm not saying it's necessarily the root cause, but it definitely would further the cause of dementia and all the brain diseases. Just add as a side note here, Alzheimer's and dementia also seem there's like plaque in the mouth that can affect it. So it, it is important to keep that mouth plaque in check. And the amount, so I have a beaut, we have this beautiful lake. We live on a beautiful lake. It's about a 30 acre lake. And if two mercury teeth were put into that lake, it would be an environmental, like the EPA would like have an issue with that lake, for example, because the amount of mercury is that dangerous in our mouths. And the, what they have to do to that mercury filling once they've removed it from your mouth is like full on biohazard protocols. And um, both new and old mercury fillings release vapors into the body 24 hours a day. So it doesn't matter if, you're to, if it was put in yesterday or 40 years ago, those vapors are releasing. And there's a 500% increase in the release of the vapors when chewing, teeth grinding, or drinking hot fluids. Mm. And the Journal of Dental Research says that gum chewing increases mercury vapor release considerably. So that's oh. one reason to not have them in the mouth. Yes. And if I remember correctly, the saying, and of course, in Alice in Wonderland, we have the Mad Hatter. Yeah. And historically, the, the reason why we have that expression, the Mad Hatter, is because hatters actually had a tendency to go nuts, to develop dementia. Guess what compound hatters back in the day were constantly to exposed to and working with? Mercury. Yeah, they used it in the hat bands or something yes. like that. It was in the, yep. in the construction mm-hmm. of the hats. Yeah. And uh, you, when we think about removing mercury fillings, I think it's really important that people know, go to a dentist who has experience with that, will take the utmost care pulling these out of you with a dam in your mouth so you don't swallow or inhale anything. They need to be sucking out the vapors and any small particles by removing it. There is actually a protocol in place that Uh, A lot of the conventional dentists don't use, I guess it's because the awareness is just not as high yet, how dangerous removal itself can be. Well, like dentists have high, like high levels of mercury, high levels of suicide as well, because they they need to be protected when they're removing the mercury as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I highly recommend for people who are looking to take this step to also take this step the right way. And Mm -hmm. um, you, of course, have extensive protocols, your beautiful book, and also so generously on your website, you offer resources uh, for people to look into to really get in charge of their oral care and get on top of it. Could you share with us some of your favorite practices for oral care that you do in daily for sure and i also just want to add that any you're welcome to email us and ask questions and we don't always we don't have necessarily all the answers but we can send you off on with different resources there's also a dentist that does video consults and different things if any if you have any questions totally feel free to email us and oh yeah there's so many little tricks that we like to do one really fun thing and it's good for the kids as well And this was uh, created by Dr. Paul Keyes, who was a periodontal surgeon, and he was looking for ways to help people prevent them from having the gum graft surgery, 
which again is we need to take care of those tooth pockets and the surgery. It's well, great that there's a solution, but it doesn't really take care of the root cause. So often people find they're getting that gum grafting surgery, like a few years later, a decade later, because the issue hasn't actually been taken care of. Mm-hmm. And the gums, so they are alive. So you can, they can, you can get your gum pockets back down. You can really work on it. And so Dr. Paul Keyes created this thing where you, so you brush your teeth, follow our eight steps, and then take that baking soda, just like classic baking soda. And you just coat your teeth, get it everywhere in like in the behind the teeth and the front of the teeth. And then you just take a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. And then your mouth becomes like this great science, grade seven science experiment as it's all foaming and everything. But this magically lifts up so much plaque. It's so amazing. So good for cleaning the teeth. And yes, the vinegar, apple cider vinegar is of course acidic, but baking soda is so super alkaline that the sum total of the two ingredients in your mouth is still on the alkaline side. Wonderful. I'll have to try that too. Just out of curiosity, the science experiment part of it appeals to me enormously. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so fun. And you really will be like, probably have just such a clean plaque-free mouth. I remember the first time I did it, I was just doing it on on a morning we were traveling. And on travel days, I don't know, at the end of the day, you just feel like extra plaquey once you reach your destination. There's time changes, all that. And I just was like, remember getting there. So, oh my God, I feel like I've just brushed my teeth after a full day. So that's really neat. And I thought I'd just add a couple of notes about baking soda. Yes, please. Yeah. Generally you can get even Arm & Hammer. There's not too much difference with the quality and where there's a room that there's aluminum in it and there isn't. Aluminum is in baking powder. So all baking soda is aluminum free. And then there's another thing out there, even some dentists think, and some people, they just think that baking soda is really as abrasive on the teeth. But again, it is not. There's a a thing called RDA rating, which is a assessment of abrasivity for dental ingredients. Most toothpastes out there are like 70 and up. Some can even be 140. I think Tom's of Maine sensitive toothpaste is around a 65, 70. Baking soda is a seven. So it's wow. under 10. And so it's totally safe to go to town on, to go to town with. Oh, that's excellent advice, Nadine. I will try that the apple cider vinegar, vinegar baking soda mix, not just for the science fun, but what you just said about the travel. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic travel hack. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. And, and thank you for all the passion and love and hard work you put into making all of our lives healthier from the inside out. For people who want to learn more about you or reach out to you, where can they do so, Nadine? You can come visit us over at livinglibations.com. You can email us through there, ask us any of your beauty or dental questions. And then you can visit us over at Instagram. I'm Nadine Artemis Official, and then we have Living Libations Official as well. Wonderful. Nadine, thank you so much for so generously sharing your time and the wisdom with us today. You're truly one of the women who make life so much more beautiful by shining your light and by sharing your journey and all the wonderful things you create. I'm really grateful to you for all that and also for coming back on the show. It was wonderful to speak with you.
Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me back. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. 